This is Carl from Now, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Everybody, welcome on back, Mike. How are you? Do you remember? Remember how to do this thing? It's been once again. <laughs> it's been another two and a half weeks or so since our last uh, cast. So um, we're just a we're a bi. Is that bi monthly? No, that wouldn't be bi monthly. Bi weekly. Bi. We're a bi weekly podcast yeah. at this point. Remember when we kept on telling people, "Oh, it's just our summer schedule." Uh-huh. <laughs> Paul's just the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. No episode this week. <laughs> but, you know uh, we're the only country in the world that calls it fall? No. Everybody calls it autumn, apparently. No. We're the only one that has a second name for it. Well, we we also call we're one of the only ones that call it soccer. We kinda we kinda were mm-hmm. like, nah, we're not we're not gonna do that. We're gonna metric system up yours. Yeah, exactly. We we decided that the, we're not gonna measure the way the rest of the world does. We're just gonna create something completely else. And we're gonna we're gonna have a ruler that has twelve inches rather than tens and thirties and a hundreds and a system that actually makes almost total sense. But you know, America, baby, woo, <laughs> Mike. It's it's nice to be back. Uh, you were away. Um, you, yeah, I believe you are. You part of the positive crew now. Um, lot to a lot to unpack here uh, for AIDS, um, but positive for AIDS. Oh, what? what? What do you mean? What? Yeah, are you announcing I have AIDS on the podcast? Yeah, what? isn't that what you told me? I'm I'm part of the positive crew now. Um, I mean, I mean, I didn't check that on the test, but that wasn't what I was going for. Oh, oh, I, I guess I misinterpreted our uh, oh, our, our text thread with one another. Why did I have that night with Magic Johnson? <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you were away for a little while and, and whatnot. So so welcome. So what, what did you get? COVID from Mickey Mouse? What happened? Uh, yeah, um, just a great uh, kind of episode of. Uh, just leaving uh, the state, figuring, all right, I'm I'm burned out from work. I'm burned out from a lot of things. I am going to get life together and life <laughs> set. <laughs> oh, isn't that cute? No, um, you're no, you're not. Yeah. So um, about yeah, two Saturdays ago, get up at two in the morning. Okay, get, get in the car. Three, drive down to Orlando. Yes, Disney. Yeah, well, let's just get down. Yeah, yeah, We're not just, even going to yeah. play around with Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He went to Disney. Disney he goes, again. For those of you who are just uh, tuning in, he goes to Disney about nine times a year. He got season passes. He went to Disney a whole bunch. The other yeah. Last week, he had a Disney bathroom that was maybe or may not be in construction. Then his wife actually said she's kind of getting sick of Disney, but yet in the next two weeks, he went back to Disney. This is trip number 12 to 13, maybe 15, maybe to 20. And that's the summary. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so this is supposed to be, I, I don't want to call it the, the last trip, but basically we, we're we not renewing the annual passes. They, they keep on ripping up the prices. And did you did you think about documentary crew following you around the last trip? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been an adventure. That would have been nice and all. I mean, we I just watched a documentary of uh, China where they they followed her 
like they brought her to the states to do a documentary and basically she died in front of them oh yeah 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 yeah. for a but, second i thought you meant i just watched the documentary on china i'm like wow that really narrows the, the country <laughs> narrows yeah. the whole country i mean i believe it yeah. has a couple thousand years of uh history so yeah fun fact when the wife said that to me you want to watch a documentary in china i'm like why don't I know about the country? <laughs> Before China. I knew it was China with the Y. Yeah, China, you know, the, the gargantuan woman wrestler from the yeah. WWF days. Yeah, the American China. Again, what the world does, we go, nah, a little different. Yeah. But in any case, so get down there. We're like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, the wife's dad's going to be down with her his uh, his wife, her stepmom. Yeah. It's going to be like a bonding experience because, you know, Izzy's like Uber Disney, and her whole childhood was her and her dad and her mom going down there. So it's going to be like a nice, like, family thing to get down there. Also, how you that's how you pitch the documentary crew. Yeah. 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 yeah it, a daughter and a father, <laughs> father bond over the bounds of Epcot. As prices soar, <laughs> gas prices go. Interest fade. Will this be the last trip? Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're we're driving down there, mm -hmm. and I called my dad just to the check in and all because uh, we left the puppy with him. And wow. uh, as we're talking, he's like, um, "Ah, so you worry about the hurricane?" I'm like, hurricane? What? <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, there's a hurricane coming to Florida." Right. And, I mean, yeah, it's a regular thing in Florida or whatever. Like, I heard nothing about it going down there. So the first thought is, well, okay, hurricanes hit all the time, whatever. Florida gets them right. So we we get down there. We start watching the newscast, and it's like, oh, this hurricane is, like, heading dead point yeah yeah like, like did, did you see that one newscaster the weatherman he's like if you stay in this area you're definitely gonna die <laughs> <laughs> i did not see that but uh yeah so we get that so right off the bat it's like uh-oh mm. and it's like well let's try to start enjoying the day right and then the call comes from uh the father-in-law he, he's like you, you see the reports blah 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 I, it's it's scary. I I don't want to get stuck down there. I'm not coming down. Mm. So, right there, that's kind of off the books. And no, don't blame him. Yeah. and all that. That's a big scene so, in the dock too. Like the, yeah, the emotional scene. You know, I'm not coming. Yeah, in. it's a scene where like it looks like it's impromptu. Where like yep. my wife is far away from the camera. Mm -hmm. and they have to use the subtitles because they yeah, don't yeah. have the greatest audio. Yeah, real blurry camera work. Like the camera's just kind of on, resting on a table somewhere. They're far away, but yet they have the recording of the call where they hear both sides of the conversation. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But um, so we're trying to uh, enjoy the day. And, you know, we're trying to figure out what is the plan. Mm. And like, we even go to the front desk of Florida. And I guess it's always like a regional thing when something's coming. You're wait, almost kind of cocky. The, the front desk of Florida? Of, of the Disney <laughs> oh. hotel. <laughs> like, the host high. <laughs> the second you hit that border, Scott, you know. It's like, no, no, you got to go through the secretary to get through. Any questions about Florida, please see the front desk of Florida. <laughs> How many oranges do they have? Check with Debbie. Front desk. She knows that answer. 
But um, we go to the front. That's the hotel to kind of talk about like our options. And I guess, like I said, it's got to be like a regional thing. It's kind of like when, you know, when I lived in Jersey and you still live there when it's like, oh, a foot of snow is coming. And like somebody who's not from Jersey is like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And you just like, you know, I'm. I'll wait a couple minutes, you know, maybe go to the Dunks drive-thru and all get a coffee and all mm. kind of write it out with a BEC, you know? Yeah, just go to uh, the front desk in New Jersey, ask her if it's yeah. serious or not. She's like, nah, and you're good. Yeah. 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 Chris Christie's the answer <laughs> now. Now he's not the governor. He just sits at the front desk. He, he is the desk at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this girl was just like, she was almost coming off like cocky, in my opinion. She's like, listen. These hotels are hurricane-proof. Ah. You got nothing to worry about. You know, we got plenty of food and all. If a hurricane hits, you know, we just, we just, you got to stay in your room. We'll bring you food. You're all going to be sad. Everything's going to be good right there. Like, she is just passing it off like, what, what the hell are you talking to yeah, me no about? Yeah. Because a hurricane's coming? You coming to talk to me? We what? have we actually have the characters rowing the lifeboats to your door. Like, come on, Goofy. Oh, Goofy. Captain Goofy's here to save us. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, Dumbo is flying through the hurricane <laughs> so everybody can look at the door and wave at yeah, the yeah. character. Right. <laughs> but we're like talking. We're actually having somewhat of a conversation about it. Do we ride it out or whatever? <clears throat> Riders of the storm. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the theme song. Like, it's broken down into episodes this last trip. And also, that's how we opened, like, episode four. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's a mul- So it wasn't even just, like, a, you know, 90 well, minutes. It was a movie, but we're like, we got too much material. Too much content. Too much content. Exactly. You got you to gotta make it into an eight part Disney Plus series that, exactly. could, in the end, you could have cut four episodes out. But yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know why we did the whole episode at the front desk of Florida. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, the guy's like, I never heard of this. But then, anyway. Great name for the episode, though. Front desk of Florida. Yeah, <laughs> so um, it's supposed to hit like Florida on Thursday. We debated staying until Tuesday and leaving like Wednesday morning. Uh, like a chat with my dad. He's he, he's giving me the old dad business. I don't know, son. You know, he he's like he literally texted me a screenshot. I know it's serious when my dad has the capabilities of taking a screenshot and texting it <laughs> to me saying, you know, there's a lot of rain coming Wednesday and whatever. So we we just sat back and said, you know, how much fun are we going to really have on the following days? You're going to get stuck. If the hurricane hits, I don't know what kind of flooding it is on the roads, and that's the most important thing. I don't want to be on the road for like 20 hours going right into work on Monday. Yeah. So Tuesday, Tuesday morning, after we left Disney Springs, we packed up, went back home. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very devastating. Um, you know, it was a long ride. Um, you know, but we, we're staying positive, Scott. We're saying, okay, you know, we, we don't have the Disney but, you know, we got Wednesday through Sunday. We're not going back to work. We're just going to we're going to have times with the dogs, you know, instead of them being with the sitters. We're going to just bond with the animals. We're going to go out. We're, maybe we'll do a little short trip here or there with the doggies. Yeah. It's going to be great. Everything is going to be awesome. Maybe a little adult time alone, you know, wonderful. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, fried trip home, uh, wife kind of complaining a lot about her health the whole time and all. Like, she always has like a, a hacky cough, but. Uh, Is that where she goes? <coughs> How long you guys been married? <coughs> Obama, black as the new art. <coughs> so, uh, <laughs> Italian furniture, the plastic on it. <coughs> yeah, uh, Scott, no. I'm glad you brought back Hackalander. Yeah. Hey, he, hey, there's a couple weeks left in this month. He might. Yep, you never yep. know. You never know. Yep. He, he's been gone for years, but we'll see. Yep. I don't know. It's like once a full moon hits in October, here comes a Hackalander. Hey, yeah. But. Um, you know, she's complaining about a lot, but she, she's a little neurotic at times with certain things when she's sick, I found. So at first, I'm like, hey, you know, your cough sounds the same. There's nothing out of the ordinary going on. You probably got car sickness or whatever, you know, long drive. Like, I felt a little tired going through the drive. But all in all, I'm like, you know, yeah, we're just going to head back and we're going to enjoy the remaining days. We picked up the dog from my parents, went back home to to get the Cali who was being watched by somebody else. We're like, all right, can't wait to wake up tomorrow. Have fun there. 3 a.m. on Wednesday, wife wakes me up. I got COVID. Mm. She, she's like, I it kept, I just didn't feel right. I took a test. I have COVID. I'm like, oh, oh that's, and then you were thinking, all right, four days alone by myself now, <laughs> all to myself. Well, I mean, <laughs> we decided, all right, she went to the upstairs bedroom. Yeah. You know, I fell asleep. I woke up. Feel all right. I'm feeling yeah, good. Yeah. Nothing's happening. You know, I'm like, all right, I've heard of cases where, like, the spouse gets it, the other spouse hangs around. God knows whatever reason, never hit it and all. But, you know, I'm doing the good husband thing. You know, I'm taking care of the animals. Uh, I'm bringing soup upstairs, uh, put it outside her bedroom door. You Did know, you I'm ever think about of- putting, like, soup in one of the droids that you guys bought and and, and wheeling it I, to the door? I just don't have the controls oh, to oh, do that, su- Soup like is it. just flying <laughs> all over the hall. Yeah, you just see a soup bowl going through the window. Gotcha. It's going to be a whole scene well, attempting to do that. If you spent a little bit more money on the soup feature, yeah, you could have you could have had that. Scott, Disney puts an extra hundred on the soup feature. Of course they do. Of course yeah, they do. They probably charge you for a monthly soup fee where you're only oh, able yeah. to use their soup bowls. It's it's not even like good soup, you yeah. know. It's like the powdered soup you got to add water to. You know? it's, it's gross. <laughs> and they charge you for the wa- they charge they have a special water that only that water interacts with the yeah. soup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a daisy duck water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right off a right. duck's back. <laughs> <laughs> so we go th- through the day. I mean, I'm trying to get her through it. I mean, she's not feeling great, but, you know, still in good spirits as a family. It's like I'm going through the day. Nighttime comes. I'm like, huh. Uh, kind of tired. Starts coming on. Yeah. 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 Huh. Kind of got a headache. Hmm. Huh. I, every time I fall asleep, I wake up, I feel a little worse. I'm like, mm. uh, oh, God. So had to wait till the afternoon the next day because the wife bought more tests. Like, I put those drops in that test, Scott. Like, I'm reading the, the instructions, and they're like, well, I, actually, I, I listened to the YouTube, and they're like, well, you got to wait 15 minutes mm. to figure out 
if you have COVID and yeah. I kid you not, that third drop hit the test. That second line just went boom right yeah. on there. Like it, that, it actually that, just went, you got it. Yeah, like it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like after two days, it's like enough. Yeah, yeah. Enough. We know. <laughs> and it's funny because like the wife is texting. She's like, did you do the test? I'm like, well, I got to wait 15 minutes. She's like, was there a line? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you got it. I'm like, well, I've never done one of this before. I don't know if, like, the yeah. line might fade away after 15 minutes. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Nah, you're good. Yeah, I've taken a few tests, and, like, I don't, I don't know, man. There's something about the uh, sensation of rubbing it in my nose. Like, I really dis- did, did not really like it at all. Give mm. me, like, a little bit of, like, a like a shiver down the spine. Yeah. The next time we have a pandemic that hits this country, we got to come up with tests that are more enjoyable for everybody. Exactly, you, like a, like if we got to put like a like a little square. Maybe it tastes like strawberries. Exactly. And like if it turns to a chocolate flavor, mm-hmm. up you got super aids. Yeah. <laughs> like what about joke tests that like you test for COVID and then it's like ah oh, you got cancer and you're like oh damn it you know like. <laughs> Oh, and COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about that one guy that found out in one day he had AIDS, COVID, and monkeypox in one sitting? (laughs) I guess no, I did not. (laughs) That dude had some party. I guess that's all I know. (laughs) My my dad's friend, he he got COVID and he went home from work and like his arms started breaking out and like all sorts of you know. Plus three things. He's like, oh my god, I got monkeypox too, and he like went to the doctor. Apparently, and was like, doc, like he's like, yeah, you got COVID, and he's like, if I got monkeypox too, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, sir. He's like, he's like, one, have you been with a lot of men <laughs> recently? And he's like, no, no. And he's like, two, that's why you asked. And he's like, two, he's like, you got poison ivy, man. <laughs> And he said him and the doctor were just, like, cracking up for, like, 10 minutes. He's like, and then oh, they okay. high-fived, and the doctor's like, damn it! <laughs> no, I got it. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I officially had COVID, and then... Now, did you feel... Adding- did you... Like, here's a question for you. Did you feel... Now, you, you were... You're one of the last people I know. You and my father are... My dad, I feel like, is one of those guys you were talking about who... Probably had it, but didn't have any symptoms at one point because my mom had it. We had it. You know, everyone's had it. Um, and he was kind of holding strong. He's still holding strong as the last film. Like, you guys haven't been in the COVID club, and it's been a long time now. And pretty much, I would say 90% of the people I know I've had it. Were you, like, disappointed? Like, God damn it. I lose my, I lose my membership card here. Or were you kind of relieved in a way because now you could, like, open the door and go see your wife and, like, kind of live normal in the house at least? I mean, it was a relief in that sense where it's like, all right, now we don't have to separate. I mean, I, I don't think you can make it worse yeah. being together. But um, I, I think the funny thing is since it took so long for me to join the club, like, when everybody got it, like nobody had to discuss. It's like, yeah, yeah, we all we all have the same symptoms or whatever. The second I had to like update work, hey, you know, just a heads up, you know, I got COVID, so I don't know when I can come in to do certain work. Cause everybody had like 30 questions, like if I was like patient zero, <laughs> where I'm just like, leave me the alone you yeah. you all know the answers because let me have my rona in peace you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly where it was almost 
Like everybody was coming in. Oh, how's it going? Whatever. It's like, if you leave me alone, maybe I'll feel a tad bit better. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, with, with the Corona thing, like I, it, it, I was going to ask you, like, was it like, oh man, all these other people got Rona. Like I remember back in the day when like a kid would come in with like, a broken arm in school, but they would have that cool, like red or green cast. And I was kind of like, I, I, I kind of want to break my arm, like not knowing the extreme yeah. pain of breaking arm, but that cast seemed pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they should have fashion casts. <laughs> yeah, they, oh, they definitely do. They definitely yeah. do. Yeah. There has to be something cool. Scott. You're telling Bro, me in two years that Con- that Kanye West isn't going to throw fashion cast <laughs> out there? Come on. <laughs> so what would you rank your level of, like, sickness? Like, how bad? If, Compared to all the times you've been sick, where did this rank? Seven. Maybe, really? like, uh, seven or eight. Like, like uh, a seven or eight on the scale of bad? Or, like, seven, like, ranked seventh worst? Uh, like, I'm... I'm definitely felt worse and all like yeah. the fever hit the tiredness hit so it, i was pretty i had like one bad day and everything yeah. else is just like all right yeah still got sniffles still have cough or whatever but that like, was I've me had, too it crushed me for one day which ironically was my kids christmas day um <laughs> you know christmas day literally i come downstairs that's what santa got yeah, yeah, you give him give him a couple presents and then literally just walk back to bed and go down i'm like this sucks man um like i i would take it any other day, pretty much any other day or holiday besides christmas with a kid it's like damn i stink but um yeah it only hit me for one day really bad yeah so I got all the bad days done, and then it was like Sunday, and it just like, I, I I know it's first world problems, mm. but like a depression kind of hit me because, oh, like yeah. I said, going into this vacation, I needed a mental break. I mean, I know I was going to be running around like crazy. It wasn't going to be like I'm sitting in a hammock reading a book. No, and a lot of photos, a lot of photos. But it would have been like a complete. Like defrag of the brain, mm-hmm. get away from it. Of course. And then you know the first thing happens, and you're like, "All right, I'm gonna." You know, it's our life. It's maturity. And the Valentine's we gone to Florida. It's shocking. This is the first time it happened. Then the rolling ahead, and it's like, "All right, makes sense." I mean, number one, I went to Florida by rule. Like even when I called up my doctor to kind of go over stuff, and know, have you left the state? Yeah, where Florida? Oh. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's like ding! Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to the front desk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, I went through all that, and it's just like oh, I, I can't even like really go out. Like my wife has like with her job a bunch of sick time, so she took a couple extra days, and she's like, "Well, why don't you take like another day?" Because and I'm like, one or two days is not going to get my mental state. To where where I wanted it to be, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's you be you really days, need like, like three hundred and sixty five days to get that mental state back. Yeah, yeah. Is that that's when the next episode of verbal shenanigans is going to come out? Can you can you imagine you got Rona and they're like, yeah, you got to take a year off. People would be licking toilet seats and oh my yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be where it's like you keep that vaccine away from me, young man. All Dude. right, you don't. <laughs> 
Dude, I, I mean, honestly, if they were like, Magic Johnson's giving out AIDS and you get a year off, I'd be like, eh, you know what? Let's uh, come here, Magic. I mean, <laughs> he still shoots a good ball. I mean, he can't be that bad. I, he, he got richer and he owns freaking baseball teams and everything else on the sun. So Soccer it wasn't bad teams. for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then to kind of just the, the icing on the crap cake right there. Um, so, you know how I said I. Uh, Did you say the icing? Up- I sing on the best track page. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. The front desk of Florida. Got it. Yeah. So you know how I said I had to pick up the dog uh, from the parents to uh, mm-hmm. bring home? Right. Got a call on Sunday. Want to guess what I gave the parents? Oh, so you went to pick up the dog and left them with some Rona? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. First it was, oh, mom's got it. Oh. A couple days later, it's like, whoops. Yeah. And that's, there goes the other shoe. Yeah. And that's when you're you're like, ah, God, I don't want my parents to, you know, they're older and whatnot. So you start to be like, ah, shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, they never, and they, they vaccined up. They you know, they actually got their latest booster like two and a half weeks before mm. all this. So it wasn't like dire stuff, but it was just one of those, oh, man. Yeah. I'm glad, glad to see all these vaccines and boosters are really, really working. <laughs> But I understand it's not supposed to stop it, but it's still one of those. It's like, I bet my brother's saying something about me behind my back right now. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> he, one of those he, I know somebody in the family is like, you hear what you and Mike did? He, he would he be the that. one. You remember the chicken box in 94? Like, <laughs> Mike brought it home. <laughs> Fun fact, I'm not sure if I ever had chicken pox in my life. No? I had chicken pox because my mom made me hang out with my brother. To yeah, get it, get it out of the way. It's one of those like I, we've had discussions about in the family, and like my mom's like, "What? Wait, you never had it?" I'm like, "I mean, you want to took care of me? Do you remember?" This? Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of like, "I don't, I don't know if you did." And uh, it's just one of those. Uh, I, I guess one of the days it's like, oh. So guys, that <laughs> is a good segue to our contest that we're running. Get Mike chicken pox. The first person who can <laughs> who can who's getting the pox prize. Who can spread the pox gets a free T-shirt and a and a two hundred dollar check from Mike's bank account. Yeah, I, I want to make this very clear. It's got to be chicken pox. None of those other small. If you give me small pox, you ain't getting the prize. What about mon- go get would you settle on monkey pox? Like if someone you know? No, no, no. It's, it's got to be a specific animal. It's got to be the chicken right there. Well, I mean, I'm glad to see you, but I mean, I feel bad for you that it happened during vacation. Um, the COVID thing, I'm kind of like, I feel like everyone's at this point has just got to get their turn. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, it's my turn. You know, like I've had so many like uh, barbecues, family gatherings, and so many people just can't come, got Rona, can't do this, got Rona. And that. I think that's going to be kind of the norm going forward and yeah, also going to come back and also really also a good excuse to get out of things that you don't want to do ah sorry got the rona and no one can say anything what are you gonna do be like prove it come here like you know like you know you make those plans with friends and you're kind of like oh, i don't want to go out to dinner tonight like i wish we didn't make this plan you text them hey got the rona you you got a free out where usually it's like oh I'm not feeling very well no one would believe you. You want to hear something crazy? I actually have uh, two friends 
that, that is uh, crazy. That yeah, is know, that know. is crazy. That was easy. So, as I was saying, I'm like, I know what he's going to do with this. But um, uh, two friends that we have, one uh, works at a university. The other one works for, without giving details, a certain branch of the government. Both of them, with positive tests, were forced into work. Wow. Joe Biden is an asshole, man. (laughs) I know, man. I mean, he runs a tight ship. That's why he put that front desk in Florida. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we we, we need a secretary to keep track of all this stuff. We're going to put front desks in every state. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, you feeling okay? (laughs) Be quiet, Kamala. I'm wandering off now. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm sorry your your vacation was in some ways ruined, but uh, you'll live to tell about it. You'll live to tell about it. And you, you'll get another one soon, and you, you'll you'll figure it out. And maybe it won't be yeah. Disney. Maybe it'll go somewhere somewhere fun. Yeah, April. <laughs> Disney. It was the. I, I forgot that little piece. So oh, it's like yeah, yeah. it's all sad that it it wasn't going to happen. They were planning the date for the next one to re-up this trip. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people. It's like, I don't want to plan a trip while on a trip, especially when it's not my trip. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those, are you available in April? I'm like, why are we talking about this? <laughs> we haven't even left the damn hotel. <laughs> so you'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they said the the numbers on Netflix were amazing, and nah, they needed the second if you get the Rona, just you, and that you let them go, and you stay home. Yeah, I mean, maybe I can go to a political rally you know, like, <laughs> like a couple days before. Well, anyway, it, it's good to be back. It's time to get to our guest tonight. We always have a guest on the show. If you're just tuning in, and. Um, your your listenership has been fantastic lately. So, Mike, who do we got? Uh, tonight's guy, we got American singer and guitarist Carl Sanders. He oh, is the, the chicken guy. And that no 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 not the, not that Sanders, different Sanders here, Scott. We got Barry. He is the founding member of the band Nile, which is an Egyptian themed technical death metal band, and he's going to be talking to say us that today. ten times fast. Go. Okay. Egyptian themed. <laughs> Egyptian themed technical death metal band. Egyptian themed technical death metal band. Speed it up. Come on. Egyptian themed death metal technical band. Egyptian themed death metal technical band. Uh, oh, now you're mixing. Metal all right. All right. All right. You're good. Band. You're good. You're good. All right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> so, so we're, so we're going to be talking to him. His uh, new solo album, Saurian Apocalypse, just came out in July, and we're going to just chat with him on the death metal scene and what's it like just performing now as we're getting out of this uh this whole COVID theme are we uh, spoiler <laughs> this was done before i got mine <laughs> all right let's get the man from nile on the line hello hey carl how are you doing fine sir and you doing good doing, doing well, well. Nice. I'm Mike. This is Scott. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mike and Scott. How's it going? It's going Doing man. great, my friend. I guess a great way to start off, like, as we 
talked to a lot of musicians these last couple of years where everything with COVID, like a lot of the uh, singers and bands got to kind of somewhat play during the whole thing, have modified stuff. I'm not sure, does, is there a capability for death metal to have like, we're going to thrash, but everybody be six feet apart? uh you know just even like verbalizing that concept is is just utterly ridiculous um uh i don't know that that can be done Um, (laughs) uh, death metal is meant to be physical you know you get out there you bang your head you run around bump into each other and have a blast it's a physical activity meant to be participated in. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I kind of, you know, had to come to chalk it up to, well, you know, this is uh, an activity where user assumes all liability. Yeah. If you go <laughs> to the metal show, you are going to be in contact with people. Um, if you have an elderly grandmother that you don't want to bring home sickness to, then perhaps, you know, you ought to take a few precautions. Yeah. Don't go visit grandma, right? To the metal show. Or bring her. Uh, or bring her. Or don't. I mean, you know, come on. Um, How about we do a song and we thrash, but then everybody goes into the bathroom and washes their hands before the next song? Yeah. So so let me ask you. Yeah, well, yeah, one too. You know, I've found, you know, (laughs) folks having fun at the metal show aren't necessarily concerned with washing their hands. I know, because often at the end of the show, when I shake hands with people, some of them have clean hands, and some don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, you've been doing this, you know, what, we're getting close to 30 years. Um, how? What's the difference now between, you know, like as far as physicality and staying, you know, fit to be able to play at that speed, that intensity? You Do you find a big change in, like, your body or your routine on, on – what it was like 30, you know, I think he started, what, 96, something like that. Um, what's the difference now between uh, Carl then and Carl now as far as being able to perform like that? Well, uh, probably 25-year-old Carl had <laughs> a whole lot more energy and uh, capacity to sustain bodily in- injury than right. 59-year-old Carl, um, uh, some of that, you know, you learn to breathe a little better, um, over time, you know, breath control, managing stress and how hard you're pushing. Um, but some things you just can't do anymore. Like my neck, dude, if you saw, the x-rays of my neck after 30 years of head banging, <laughs> not just go head bang like one night once in a while, but every night. Right. Uh, it's a lot of damage back there. There's crumbling discs, discs that are 
broken, discs that are way out of place, discs that are almost not even there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a price to be paid. No doubt, no doubt. So out of curiosity, when were you always grown up with like the hard metal kind of uh, listening and so forth? Did, did it come to you? Were you one of those converted into death metal? How did it get it all started for you and then leading to the band? Well, uh, I'm of the generation where, you know, I've watched the first waves of metal being born. When I started with music, we had Sabbath, Zeppelin, uh, Cream, Deep Purple, Dry Heap, and you know some others, but that was the era. By the time I got to high school, ooh, now we had Iron Maiden, Jewish Priest. Ooh, ooh, yeah. So that got a little more interesting. It got a little bit heavier. Um, by the time I was in my mid twenties, um, Metallica and Slayer had come along. Yep. Um, so right around age, I don't know, 20, 20 something in the mid, mid eighties. Um, I first heard death metal. I was introduced by David Benson himself, which is a ridiculous story. Um, <laughs> but I discovered even heavier stuff. Uh, and that sort of put me on a path um, of ever-increasing heaviness in my own music um, as I was exposed to more of it. Right. Now, when you're not, when you like, I can't imagine you're heavy all the time. When you're off stage and when you're not writing music, are you into, like, you know, all different types of music and, and whatnot. And do you, are you able to use that as an influence in, in some of your music? Or are you just heavy all the time? Yes. <laughs> no, you, you can't be heavy all the time. It's, I mean, you could, right? But I, I think heavier music means more when it has some context mm -hmm. uh, for instance like in orchestral music um, some of the most big thunderous uh, compositions also have quiet parts in them right so that you have some contrast so that you understand what this big heavy thing means because we just heard the quiet maybe it was just the woodwinds playing a soft piece and then Boom, the brass and the, the timpanis and the whole orchestra comes in and now you got fucking thunder right so I think heavy music is a lot like that too it's if you listen to something quiet and then listen to immolation now you got some context mm -hmm. um, yeah. heavy 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 all day all day long I mean I have to live that because if you go on a death metal tour that's what you got you got your sound check, all the other bands' sound checks, and then every single band that plays the show that night, you got five or six hours of death metal every day. So I understand that part of it, uh, which is what led to my side project, because I was experiencing heavy music all day long, day in, day out, you know, for, you know, 
a good part of the year. I wanted some peace and quiet. Yeah. So that's that's the genesis of my side project. Is I just wanted some peace and quiet, some chill music. And that's your album, uh, Saurian Apocalypse, that's uh, coming out this year. Um, I was uh, listening to it a little bit. I mean, I was, I was kind of. It kind of reminds me of the people from Slipknot who go to Stone Sour. Kind of comparing Nile to your solo project. There, a lot of instrumentals in there. Uh, I was getting a lot of a, a sitar vibe in there. Was it a sitar that I was listening to, or was it? Uh, Something else. And I'm a sus. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's like a Turkish guitar. But it's right? yeah. It's a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I mean, it's so amazing. I mean, it kind of leads to what I was going to ask you about. Like, when we think of like thrasher music, uh, you know, a lot of people think of like the Finnish and. Though, like parts of Europe and all, but your all your writings and this music on your solo album is all based on Egyptology. I'm kind of curious, uh, like what led to that? Were you like a person who like read up on everything, went to museums, or was it just a concept that came to your head? Well, it was a concept, you know, that I kind of liked, and then like the trips to the library museum um buying shitloads of books it led to that um it was actually years and years into my career before i got the chance to go to egypt uh in person uh so yeah it, it really comes down to escapism I, I live in greenville south carolina which is the center of the bible belt there's not a lot to do here so why you know why is Nile like play all this stuff this well because we ain't got nothing else to do <laughs> said colloquially uh, right we ain't got nothing else to do but practice mm. so yeah that's why we play like motherfuckers because well it's escapism there's nothing else to do here so might as well go to practice. I got to imagine, you know, I listen to a decent amount of metal, um, but I imagine after doing about 30 years, metal writer's block has to be a thing. Like, you got to be always trying to kind of top yourself and or go faster, harder breakdowns, different t uh, timing. Do you Is that why kind of like the side projects come along also, like to kind of flex a different muscle, to kind of um, try different music and then kind of swing back towards metal or do you are you able to constantly write metal music no with no problem well i could <laughs> i just don't want to <laughs> uh, you write every day or all the time that's not going to necessarily guarantee it's worth listening to. Right. Yeah. Right. Just because you write something doesn't make it good. <laughs> doesn't mean it's something people are going to enjoy listening to. How much awful music is there in our world today? A lot. Because people crank out stuff all the time. They write stuff just to be writing it. Uh, I, I like having the idea and then going you know, to work 
on that. Otherwise, I'm, I'm working on my guitar playing. I'm learning things, right? If I'm not writing, then I'm taking stuff in, learning new things, exploring new ideas. I'm putting stuff in the creative well. So there's stuff in there. You got to have it in there first so that you have some stuff to put out. Otherwise, you're just cranking out formulaic right. stuff that may or may not be worth listening to. Yeah, I put stuff in. So, yeah, I, I think not writing sometimes helps your writing. Makes sense and all clear as the mind. So you're the one remaining original member of the band. I'm kind of curious when things change around kind of what do you look for in the new band members and do you still have the same vibe with the current guys george and brian as you did with the original guys that you worked with well every lineup i think has its own kind of vibe um the people that brian and brad are as human beings is quite different than the other folks who played in the band over the years. You know, I, I think in each one has to be allowed its own breadth of life. You got to let people be who they are. Uh oh. We're frozen. That's finding new band members is just to be able to play the music of this band requires a certain amount of formidable technique. So that's a prerequisite that has to come first. So when you're looking for somebody, can they play the music that they need to play? What kind of person they are? is forced into the back seat so it's very possible to end up with great player despicable human um <laughs> <laughs> and while that might sound good you're right you can make great music together these are people that you have to live with in close close proximity for long periods of time you're sharing bus with someone for six weeks you get to know them I don't want to say intimately but you it's even better than like you know your your life partner because you're with them 24 7 mm -hmm. seeing them at their best their worst under stressful situations where the real test of character often comes out, right? Right. They're just the same way, like, you know, you might be all just fine with your buddies on the submarine during peacetime, but as soon as someone stops, starts dropping depth charges at your submarine, you start seeing the real and true character of people when they're under stress. Right. Yeah. Where's uh, where's your favorite place to play? Like you've been all over the world at this point with this music. Where's your where's your like your favorite place or favorite region to, to play in the world live? Favorite region? I, I really like playing in Japan. Nice, really. 
I really like Japan. Um, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, South America shows are fucking incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to like New York, L.A., London, Paris, Moscow. You know, the main cities. Yeah, that's where the good stuff is. I'd like to be able to say, yeah, put Topeka, Kansas at the top of the fucking list. Right. (laughs) I'd like to. (laughs) I really would like to. If we could, that would be so awesome. But it doesn't work that way. I mean, out of curiosity, when you go to these, like, certain places like maybe as you point out like in South Carolina you got the Bible belts and stuff like that do you see more like people out coming in these areas where you're like oh that's a pleasant surprise and we're gaining stuff or do you get the kind of pushback that some people think it's stereotypical in certain areas well the folks who think it's stereotypical ain't coming to the show so they're out of view (laughs) I don't see them. The people that actually come to a, a Nile show already like Nile. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm in a closed loop as far as that goes uh, until we're like on a bigger show where you're exposed to a wider audience. Um, so, yeah, if we're playing, playing in Nashville... Well, those are Nashville guys who are metal fans, or they wouldn't be coming to the show in the first place anyway. And if you're walking down the street, no one gives a fuck who you are anyway. So it kind of doesn't matter. What's your uh, what's your your writing style? Are you a guy who who comes up with a song prior to bringing it to the band? Are you a I've got a riff, let's jam it out? Um, What's your general writing technique when it comes to to making new music or presenting music to the band? Uh, Generally, I I do a lot of work before even bringing it to the guys because their time is precious. Right. The time our drummer lives in Athens, Greece. So getting him here for rehearsal is an automatic $1,800 ticket every (laughs) time that I want to be in the same room with him. So that has to be appreciated. So we do a lot of songwriting, you know, before even giving it to the other bandmates. Um, and I think that's good. It, it naturally just kind of hones down into a more focused, you know, amount of work to be done. So when we do hit the band room, we're we're really like already in there we know what we're supposed to be doing we're not wondering hey i got this riff do you have a drum beat you know we don't do that that's i haven't done that since i was a kid yeah (laughs) Um, but that's a sure way to waste your time in the band uh yeah and if you do that you may or may not end up with a listenable song after you know 12 hours of that you, it's no guarantee you'll end up with anything. Maybe you will. <laughs> we do the work at home beforehand. Uh, we're definitely homework kind of guys. So that when the band is actually together, 
we're on it. We're not wasting time. We're not guessing at what we're supposed to be doing. We know what we're supposed to be doing. And uh, for what I understand, uh, the band's you're work kind of working on the 10th album. How's that working out right now? Is that sometime in the near future? Or are you concentrating more on like um, touring with the solo album right now? Ooh, I'm not touring the solo album. I'm definitely focusing on writing the new novel. I got 11 songs on my board, which is on the other side of that door. All right. Okay. I got a big white board with all the new songs on it. And there's 11 songs on that board right now. So we're going to record drums in October. Um, and uh, then we'll be going tour in Europe, probably. And that finishes up. It'll be Christmas time or so. So rest of the work on the album progresses in January. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Well, X, X is well mapped out. <laughs> I guess you got to be now. In fact, one of my friends who has a beach house, uh, Myrtle Beach, said, hey, would you like to go uh, hang out in my beach condo next week? And I'm like, well, I'd really like to. I'd really like to, but shit, I got too much work to do. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's a great thing to be a part of. And also, um, as we're coming up on time, Carl, we want to really thank you for coming on here. Um, uh, like we said, the out, your solo album is out right now. Um, it's called Sarian Apocalypse. Uh, if people want to learn about either your solo projects or what Nile is up to or what are you doing in general, where are the best places we can uh, find you at? Oh, well, um, Nile Official, uh, Facebook.com or nileofficial.com uh, or George's uh, official page or my official page. Easy. Just Google me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carl, uh, thank you so much for your time. Wish you luck with the album. Continue success with Nile. Uh, when everything comes out, oh, maybe we'll have you back on the show. And we really appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk with us. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Scott. No problem. Really man. Thanks, appreciate for, thanks you for coming on. Carl Sanders, Mike. Carl Sanders. Um, have you thought maybe, you know, after the Miss Disney vacation and the COVID and life catching up, have you thought about doing your own spin on death metal or death metal a little disney death metal oh well, yeah 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 where is olaf <laughs> where is olaf let it go let it go <laughs> a crow never bothered me anyway yeah i um you know i played in uh Two heavier band, not like not never like to the extremes of death metal, but like with some heavier breakdowns and like the end of high school into college, a little bit after college, and I always give these guys credit for keeping, um, keeping that interest in in heavy music. Like, I mean, if you look at my playlist now, you you'd think I'm a seven year old man. Sometimes I'm always like kind of like chilling and um, <laughs> you know good vibe music, but 
you know, every once in a while I'll throw some heavy stuff on, but like to keep that going and to stay that creative is a very interesting challenge to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you even look at like bands that were considered heavier and even like a Metallica Mm. or Red Hot Chili Pepper or Green Day, they seem 10 times tamer as they went along versus like holding on to what made them big in the day so yeah it's hard to be it's hard to be angry forever so i wonder if it's a question i wish i asked him like if kind of like the egyptian interest and like having a focus um you're not bringing like as much personal personal emotion into it like where you're writing songs about your life so maybe that keeps it like a a separate thing you know what i mean like it's a Mm. it's its own separate entity but yeah good guess good guess good uh so go check that album out now um mike so for the second half of this podcast um there's a little background information real quick uh long time ago we thought of some of our 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 people we'd love to have on the show and one of them for me was sam Cal Joni from uh, Dogfish Head. I was a big home brewer for a long time. I love this vibe. I love their show. Um, they're really big in the craft beer movement. And we've had them on twice. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes, they're awesome. Uh, some of my favorite interviews. But we kept a really good relationship with the, the people at Dogfish Head. And they've sent us what? Mike, this has to be like fifth thing maybe they sent us fourth or fifth thing i think um uh, yeah it sounds about right yeah um and every once in a while they'll send us a a, a beer uh, and today now i'm excited about this one because i used to drink worldwide stout um and when it came out it was uh it was always a special occasion when worldwide stout came out and now they have a new version of wake up worldwide stout um, so it says robust, sweet, and warming. Wake up, worldwide stout is a jet black beer with deliciously balanced notes of espresso, sweet maple, roasted cacao, and smoked honey for an out of this world flavor profile. To complement its otherworldly taste, Wake Up Worldwide Stout boasts outer space themed packaging with a four pack bottle carrier. Spoiler glows in the dark, Mike. It glows in the dark. So, uh, black and neon yellow, the beer's label and packaging artwork were designed to match its neon yellow cap, which indicates that it's part of the Dogfish Head's caution cap series, Mike, because this one is going to clock in well above 10 ABV. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we're talking about. Yeah. So if your kids get scared at night, just hand them a beer. Yeah. So uh, what we'll be talking about after this, I have no idea. We'll see where this goes. But um, uh, we're going to keep that on. I have chosen to pour mine into this source brewing uh, big kind of like Oktoberfesty mug. I don't know. I wanted to see how it would play into that. Uh, Mike, I chose to just shove it in my throat. <laughs> Mike chose his throat. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to pour it here. And so we're not sponsored by Dogfish in any way, but we we are good friends with them. So I'm sure you guys have heard of their beer. So they always they're always doing really interesting things. It's a great company. So smell it. It smells very delicious. It smells strong. The smell, I like get a lot of cacao. I get a lot of espresso kind of stuff. And I'm going to take my first sip here. All right. I'm going to join you. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of um, Founders Breakfast Stout a little bit. 
Um, it's big, it's bold, it's thick. Um, this is a sipping. This is a sipper. This is a sipper. This is yeah, a, you don't down this like a PBR. Right yeah, here. but Mike for us has agreed to down it. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> if I didn't have to go to work tomorrow, if you if you said let's record on a Friday night, yeah, yeah. you might have had a chance for that. What if what if like we recorded during your COVID and I told you it would cure you and it did? What if the solution was was chugging a dogfish wake up worldwide stout? Well, then the world would never have a pandemic because dogfish beer is delicious and everybody would join in yeah yeah so this is really good um mike i have uh have you watched the jeffrey dahmer series going on i did you i did. watched the whole thing during the COVID. uh all right what are we gonna do we're like all right yeah let's let's dahmer it up yep yeah yeah i watched it too um i saw a lot of interest in it um for whatever reason, serial killers always will pique the interest of the average person. It, it is what it is. I, I think it's personally me. I think it's like it's always um, seeing kind of what's behind the curtain of these the, these psychopaths. You know, like what um, what caused this? Why are they like that? And let, let's face it, we all we all love. There's a reason we love horror movies and action movies because it seems anything out of the complete ordinary is intriguing. Like my wife is like, why are you watching this? It's so sick and this. And I'm like, I don't know. Why are three million other people posting about it every day? It's interesting, you know. And um, I also think Evan Peters is a, is a really good actor. And I was intrigued. Um, so the Dahmer series, I'm, I'm sure you've all heard about it. It's eight part series on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, 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 spoiler alert coming in case anybody ooh, ooh. doesn't. All right, everybody turn their ears off real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what we're going to be talking about? I don't want somebody like he was a killer. What? Mm. I didn't even start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it. You know, it's not, guys. It's not a who done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. If when I watched Sherlock. He was the one trying to find the murderer. Yep. So clearly this Dahmer guy is doing the same thing. And a spoiler alert, you're not going to watch four episodes. And then in the eighth episode, they're like, oh, my God, it was the neighbor the whole time. Oh, he her, was framed. Her apartment smelled, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> so I thought it was really good. Um, I thought. Did I think it needed eight episodes? Probably not. Like the last two i was kind of like, okay come on like we we kind of need to end here um but my, my first well okay first off what was your uh take of it i i love the series yep um i kind of disagree with you because i liked how like some parts they were breaking it out to get a perspective of different people like, i agree with that they yeah. had the, the whole episode about the neighbor we don't even think about like what she went through dealing with a you know a, a cannibal right next door hearing stuff knowing there's something wrong going on yeah and nobody's listening to them they they're going into like the dad side of things checking on the mom i i, I think it what's great about it was like everybody would go into it it's like all right non-stop guys bringing a guy home yeah, murdering murdering them yeah. eating yeah. them having sex with the buys and all that and they they put it out in different perspectives and I, I loved how like I did like that talked too. about how they like the the neighbor was like begging for the when they tore down the building 
you got to put a memorial there for these people. They, they, these people are like everybody wants to horrify. We have to make something beautiful and remember these people for the tragedy they went through. Mm-hmm. And it's almost that way. It's like, oh my god, there's still nothing there. And apparently, right. her the neighbor is dead. Apparently, like they talk, they, it ended with her saying, "I'm not gonna." I'm gonna every time I breathe, I'm gonna be trying to get this memorial to yeah. happen, and she's dead in real life. I, I spoiler alert. Also, if you look it up, apparently she wasn't his actual neighbor. She was. Really? Uh, she lived across the in a building across the street. Yes, for me. All right, yeah. series sucked. Yeah, don't watch it. Yeah, get rid of that stupid. <laughs> knock down the monument. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Apparently, she was a combination of two people. Like the character was, um, which didn't take. No, I just thought maybe they could have done stretched the Dahmer thing into the eighth episode and kind of split up. Anyway, that, that's. I thought it was great. I thought he. Um, I thought he. He nailed it. Um, I thought it was fascinating. It was dark. It was cool. Um, I think that guy from American Horror Story. What's his name? Um, the director Ryan Murphy. Is it? Right, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, he the stuff he's done now with the Clinton series and uh, um, what was the other one? Uh, did he do Versace? Whatever. There, there's the one American crime story with uh, um, oh OJ OJ um, Versace. OJ Versace. The Clinton one was unbelievably good. Um, I think that's his wheelhouse. I think he's got to let stupid American Horror Story go because every time I committed to that show. Five episodes in, I'm like, we're done with this. We're we're done. Like we just we're just stretching this for ten episodes of TV or whatever it is. Yeah, they already shoved it to Hulu, so you know they're not putting Prime stuff over there. That is the whole. I'm flipping through. Oh yeah, I remember that. Let me yeah. see. The new stuff is good. Yeah. So my my question for you is like I've been seeing mixed reactions to this, and I kind of get all sides of this. Like the Dahmer thing has been done now. A lot mm-hmm. like there's been a lot like uh, Jeremy Renner played him in in something um so a bunch of things we 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 all kind of know the Dahmer story I don't know about you growing up like we knew who Jeffrey Dahmer was like there was jokes about like oh yeah, yeah eating people you know and stuff like that are we are we keeping are we glorifying the Dahmer character almost like a like a Michael Myers, uh, Jay, like are we almost putting him almost as a fictional character by keeping on doing these things about him? I don't think so, because mm-hmm. um, they don't try to glorify. When you look at horror movies, they try to glorify the killers. I mean, when they first start, it's like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Then by the like, the third movie, you're rooting. For the Freddy, the Jason, the Michael Myers, and so forth. I don't feel that you're terribly rooting for uh, Jeffrey Dahmer in this miniseries. There are some parts where you kind of go, okay, bad yeah. parenting. Oh, did. poor kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't think we're glorifying him to the point where it's like, all right, now he's going to be like a hero. I mean, I feel with any of these murderers, there's always a point of like almost beautifying them. Like I remember growing up having people, people wear t-shirts of Manson's face on it. And it was just like, oh, it's just fashion. It's cool. He, cause you know, he killed people and stuff like that. But I don't think this is in the, 
same realm. I think it's more in the line uh, we want to kind of tell the whole story from the different angles. I don't. I also feel- think. I also think it's a little bit of like nowadays with like so many platforms to put out content. Right, like you could take just a great, not a great. That's not the right word an interesting character and get one of the best actors out there and let someone dive into it. I I feel like almost like it's not comparable, but like Heath Ledger, right? They, they allowed him to like become this beast of Joker, you know, they let it like, and I feel like the public has become more and more fascinated with these actors who can go into these dark places, they can go and and do them and live in them and do. And I feel like a series like Dahmer is kind of like a, a, a spawn of that idea. Like, okay, we could take a great actor and get him into, you know, get is one of the darkest people of all time, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I do think there's a fascination from people like seeing, okay, let's see, we got to see more. We got to see more. But like, my question is, like, as, it, as it's getting darker, and I mean, that was a dark, pretty dark series. I mean, they mm-hmm. they pretty much came at, as close as you can get to showing everything, at, at least being able to. Like, are we, are we, what what is our obsession with it? Why do we like that? Because I liked it. You liked it. It's more of, I think it's because it's the always the open-ended why. Mm-hmm. As much as we, the more details we get, there's always going to be, um, he's just a monster to, like I said, okay, his parents abandoned him and he had social issues and he had a weird fetish and that's what led to it. There's going to be every angle from humanization to, to like, just want to get rid of this soul on the planet. There's always going to be... Yeah different angles to it like i said with the manson with the as they were uh showing on the last episode john wayne gacy yeah i mean i'm sure i mean hell i they showed john wayne gacy his murder i'm like yes we're gonna get a full john wayne gacy series yes! uh, you know it's coming you know it's coming mm-hmm. yep um yeah so th- that that's the other thing like we we sit there and we we love we love it, and we love the analysis. What are you doing oh. here? Ladies and gentlemen, Scott's little son just came in out of the blue and offered a surprise visit to Verbal Shenanigans. Oh, hi, buddy. Hey. Wow, this is a really good topic for you to sit on right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Do you like murderers? Yeah. Do you? Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say right now. Uh, I had a point to all this, and, and now he, he's throwing me off, but... Actually, this is a good point, uh, which is where I did want to go. So we we always find out things about the parents. Like, they're never perfect parents, right? There's always some um, thing to it or some... The parents didn't do this with him. They didn't love him enough. They were divorced. They were fighting. Um, he was interested in the taxidermy, all that stuff. And the the dad said it was his fault. And I feel like no matter what, like... You know, I'm holding my son. At, I would always say it was probably my fault. But do you ultimately think it could it ever be a parent's fault, or do you believe that some people are just born completely sick? And that was my point. Thank you, son, yeah. for bringing that back up. <laughs> He's a better host than we are. No. Um, I mean, there 
it depends and on the I, and levels. I will tell you what I think too yeah after, after. I think it depends on the levels of what the parents did like the ones that are physically abusive the ones that are like next level verbally abusive I can make a point like yeah I think about it now as I reviewed that story do I say beyond a shadow of a doubt it was the parents fault no because again we boil back to he had kind of weird fascinations and fetishes and items like that that kind of added to it it was just he happened to have some free time where he accidentally killed the first guy and then it just led on to his fascination i wouldn't blame that on the parents but there are plenty of cases that you know physical abuse sexual abuse right. verbal abuse where you just go Man, you just built that monster inside. I don't blame them for exploring the way they did. Yep. I have I have two sets of it. And you touched on the one. I, I think there is there is parents that can completely destroy their children and make sociopaths. But I do also think on the other end, some kids are just born off and there's something wrong with them and they they don't feel any empathy. There's no deep emotion to the things they do there's something missing i mean I, we can all think of someone we grow up we grew up with who was like kind of an evil bat like there was they were an evil bastard like there was something about them that was off they didn't care if they got in trouble they uh they 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 had outbursts or they were extremely introverted and weird and got caught doing weird things and um so I do think I do think there is a little bit of both to this. Like there is, parents can ruin some, but I do think every once in a while, like a lottery ticket, there is some some brain that is completely off and doesn't have any emotion. And they do a podcast yeah, bi-weekly, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, and they bring their son on the podcast to, to, to talk about it, who just busted through the door like uh, the Kool Aid Man over here. Yeah, and they show up at Disney. On multiple weeks, <laughs> even during hurricanes, just because yeah, it's there. And they they put it on their nice little name called Verbal Shenanigans. But meanwhile, you know, mm -hmm. what about um? Would you? What would it? Would what do you think human tastes like? For what I have heard, like because oh boy, with the Dahmer yeah. stuff. Yeah, stop it! <laughs> I already knew where you're going there. From like everything that the Dahmer thing did, and like people bring up, apparently we're closer to pork than Makes anything because we are pigs. So we are, yeah, yeah. I would agree. We're 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 not quite like dark meat. I, I mean, we've seen like uh, videos of autopsies and injuries, and we're not quite chickens. We're not like white meat, but so I feel like we're right in the pork uh, and. Even remember, like the MythBusters used to use like pigs all the time to do like ballistic bullet checks and all that stuff. So, I mean, so that means there's a lot of uses for us: human bacon, human uh, sausage, human uh, pork loins, human pulled pork. Um, I don't know. I, I, okay, question out there. All right, throw it out. So real apocalypse happens is like oh my god there's no food on the planet and all mm -hmm. you're with your wife and your children you're like we are going to live through this you are forced right to eat human yep what kind of human are you going for are you going for like the muscular type are you going for the big fatty with more meat 
I'm going for I already, like uh, somebody that's like skinny, have. where it's like you can take cat, take him out, and just get a meal on the plate. I already have the answer to this, and this, right. this dogfish is delicious, by the way. Um, All right, so I, I think uh, if I ate human, I would drink a dogfish. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would go. Be their new slogan. It, it would. <laughs> they're gonna put it right on the bottles. Yeah. Um, 100%, I would go with the slightly overweight guy. Like, not obese. I mm-hmm. would go with, like, the nice, fat cattle-looking guy. Like, like a 250, right? Yeah, like, he's got a little beef to him, but he's got some muscle where, like, he, you can cook him and his fat would marbleize on the top and, and add some flavor to the steak. I don't want these, like, skinny, scrawny guys where it's just, like, you get those chicken wings at the, you know, you're disappointed. You order them. They're all the small wings. I want those big, fatty, marbled meats. But I also don't want, like, some 400-pounder who's just all yellow, fatty meat. I don't want that at all. Where are you going to store all that? It's the apocalypse. Also, fat guys have the greatest calves. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. they always have those big, strong calves. I think I might go for like a smaller person, just on the really? that Like I'm, I'm not a hunter. I'm not uh, somebody that goes out. I mean, we we told the story. Like I went out with my dad squirrel hunting. He shot two squirrel. We came up to him. I started crying, and my dad's like, "You want me to leave him? No, they're already dead. We take them." If I was forced in that situation, I would probably go with something scrawny because just because it's like I don't have the skills to like get like. The elite meat out there. Elite meat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know I would have to start on the slow end. It's like, yeah, this meat's a little tough. It ain't as pure as I want it to be. But you know what? I'm functioning. I'm going to be here for a week. Also, if there's not a company out there named Elite Meat, let's coin that right now. All right. Let's coin that right now. Um. But yeah, I, I'm just fascinated by by why we do this because we're all guilty of it, right? We all not I mean, guilty is maybe not the right word, but we all we all love it and we're fascinated by it. Um, like now, here's my next question. Here's here's the next level. Why do these people have like Jeffrey Dahmer? Literally, like Jeffrey Dahmer's back in the news again, thirty years later or whatever it is, and he's he has new versions of fans. Doing TikTok shoutouts like Jeffrey Dahmer fans, like uh, uh, we feel bad for Dahmer, we're in love with him, he's a good guy. Are they falling in love with Evan Peters? Are they falling in love with, or is it that same reason? Like he's getting letters in jail, that same fascination with serial killers. I think women love serial killers. They love. There's certain women that love power and just look at killing people as like the ultimate powerful being Uh it's just a weird thing every serial killer had tons of fans i think manson got married in jail yeah um it's it's almost i don't know if it's a fetish thing or if it's like a real like power turn on but there's something where they go like you are the apex of masculinity because you literally did the, the one thing. It's like you absolutely cannot do this, and you're like, "Watch me." 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think maybe, and this might be like a pig headed statement, but I think maybe there's some daddy issues with some of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a man of power. He's a man of, uh, strength and, um, control. I, I don't know, but I have no idea, which brings me to my final question. Aaron judge mm-hmm. <laughs> set the home run record during the- baseballs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the AL, whatever. You know, um do you think so he was adopted, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think his parents now um are regretting the decision? Do you think they even have any clue who he is? Um like where do you think that is as far as we're talking about good bad parenting? And I also will say I think they're great parents for if they couldn't take care of him putting him up for adoption. Yeah, um, it is hard to say because, like, with any adopted kid, your first thought is, okay, did the mom know the dad? Unfortunately, yep. I mean, it's just a fact of life. You just question right. if it was a dual decision or a singular decision. I don't feel any of them, if they knew that's their son, I can't fathom them have any regrets because you made the decision back then as much you i know but when when you know 400 million maybe maybe half a a bill is Mm -hmm. half a billion is coming to you are you like damn (laughs) that was my one-way ticket to paradise i don't because basically if you know the answer then you magically appear in this life and you attempt to get even if you get like Two hundred thousand. You're like I made. I made out on this deal. Yeah. Um, no, I. It boils down to as much as you say, man. If I held on to me, be a baseball star. If you didn't have the funds or the capabilities, where you're just like, nope, you can't do side stuff. We can't afford it. You can't go out with your friends because you got to get a job because we got to pay the bills. It's not a straight line to. If I kept him, he was going to be the home run king of the AL. Yeah. Also, whoever that mom was was dating some big, tall men because he is mm. that guy makes everyone look like it. He goes to high five people. It's always like a little. It's like a half five. <laughs> like uh-huh. a little. Yeah. Uh, he's always doing like the the nipple high high five. Where do you stand on the record, though? Um, is it a big deal? It's a I, I think Barry Bonds I mean, is the best baseball player of all time. It boils down to as much as like purists are like, ah, Bonds and Sosa and McGuire, they took drugs. I'm like, okay, did you test them? Also, did you stop them? Who was throwing it to them? Yeah, juiced up players. Yeah. You got to, I understand where we were at at that time. They. These guys saved baseball when it was at its low after the strike. You can't just, I understand, I agree with everybody. I think all three of them juice up. McGuire's the only one that came out and said, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I did it. Everybody else in the league did it. I did it. And sadly, even though he admitted it, they didn't do the thing that they said. They well, also it, weren't we'll testing the for it. Thing. They weren't yeah. testing for it. It wasn't, the, it wasn't even illegal at the time. Yeah. The union had to fight to keep it out, and they had to make a deal where it's like, all right, you can do random tests, but as long as like not 10% of the people you test 
are positive for steroids, you can't begin testing and yeah. suspending people for tests. And what happened the first time they did? They're like, I think it was like 15, 20 percent. They're yeah. like, what do you want me to do here? It, it, there comes a point where you got to say you had to admit what you thought back then. You sat back and said, I don't care at this particular time. Later on, I sat back and said, okay, I admit I do care and things change, but you can't take it down the players when you start the line and saying, I'm not testing for it. I'm not going to care for it, even though I know you're doing it. And then turn around and be like, oh, wait, I, I think I actually cared. Yeah, that. I don't care at all. I think those guys are world-class baseball players. It was the era. There was an, there was an era of uh, – there was an era where black people weren't allowed to play baseball. And I'm sure they would have beat a, <laughs> a lot of the records back then. There was an era where everybody was on uh, methamphetamine doing uppers and downers and everything to – Dude, it's still the same. You know they're still doing whatever it is that is cleared by MLB to to get up, get down, to to recover, whatever it is. I do I think the Aaron Judge thing is amazing? Absolutely. I have no problem with Aaron Judge. I think he's a fantastic athlete. I think he's a great ambassador for the sport. We're oh yeah, you too. Um we're we're stopping football games to tune into the American League, not even the full time record, the American League record for home runs. We're we're stopping games to go see that. Yeah, and then I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and it's it's just hilarious how we're still going to say Barry Bonds is the record holder as he should be nope. with seventy two. When I went there, the only thing I saw of Barry Bonds at the Hall of Fame was his Washington Nationals cap when he was a batting coach for them what yeah really that's what i saw in there and i'm like all right pick a lane if you're gonna if you're gonna wipe it you gotta wipe it you just gotta go yeah. that's it those don't count yeah no if that- you're not gonna wipe it you gotta go come on in here boys you're one of us yeah i'm pretty sure he was facing clemens and he was facing Schilling and and all these dudes and i think it's just such a joke it's like now we're now we're the white knights of baseball. Everything was so pure before that. We all didn't know. Yeah, okay. We all knew and didn't care. Lenny Dykstra hit freaking 30-something home runs for the Phillies or whatever it was. That guy was a slap single gap hitter. That's what he was with the Mets. He went to he went to the Phillies. He looked like the Punisher all of a sudden. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and we love him. I mean yeah. I mean and, loosely and love a, him. But, and on a side note, he did a podcast interview where he was completely drugged up. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And we don't check we, our catalog. We don't we don't hold them out of our all time interviews because he was drugged up. <laughs> no. We don't we don't we don't say like, yeah, he's not our all time best, but he was drugged up, so you know, he he's, he's, when we send out that sheet that tells people who we interviewed, he's one of the top names on our list. Yeah, even though we, that interview was like oof. Yeah, and we benefit from him and the sports writers benefited from Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and we all be- baseball benefit and people made money from it. Now everyone wants to pretend that didn't happen. Uh, I think Aaron Judge is one of the best baseball players alive. He might look good in the blue and orange. Maybe, maybe next year, who knows. We got it. We got a crazy owner who might throw some money at it. Um but um, overall, I, I think uh, it's a great record. I don't. I still don't think it's the record. 
though. No. I don't think it's that record. Until you wipe it, it's not the record. Good. He's got the AL record. Congratulations. Yeah. So, Mike, before we go, uh, Dogfish Head, Wake Up Worldwide Stout, what are we giving it? Uh, this is like an easy nine and a half, ten right here. Um, it lingers on the tongue. It's got great. It's got what the stout is. You know, it's thicker. It like lays on your tongue, and you're getting all these flavors on there. Like you said, I'm getting the cacao. I'm getting sweetness, espresso, I'm cinnamon. I'm yep. getting espresso. This, I mean, it's a full beer. I mean, I'm not even saying it because they've been on our show twice and they've been nice enough to send it to us. I mean, this is literally a quality beer company. What? Well, there's nothing else I can say. They, when they put it out, I know it's going to be good. That's why I know when they finally make herbal shenanigans, as they brought up on the one episode, it's going to be delicious, and everybody's going to come on our show to tell us about it. Yeah, I would give it. I mean, if we're going at a ten, um, as far as a stout, and they said this one ages well, which I know. What if you if you're into cellaring beers and. <laughs> Start, yeah, yeah, he is. You, you're into selling beers. Um, my son here is very into he, selling he beers. He stole a beer from your chest when he was first can walk and he just hit it, dude. That's the fact that the, the fact that this kid is up, I would give him some of this in a minute if I if I could, but um, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna go eight and a half out of ten. It's a fantastic beer, um. Yeah, I can't wait to age. I'm going to take the other one they sent us and just store it away, maybe for like a year and try it again. Maybe ne- maybe we'll do a we'll age the other one and and, and have it um, a year from now. Fantastic beer. Thank you, Dogfish. Thank you for 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 sending us uh, a beer. Um, so go try that try that out, guys. But um, Berlo, it's time to go. What do you got to promote? Uh, hey, Scott, it's October. Yeah. You look at my shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm doing here. Pumpkin I know what you're spice. doing. Yep. Pumpkin spice, whatever, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Once again, month of October, 31 pumpkin spice reviews. And 31? Our- yep. I do it every freaking year. Seventh year, I am doing it, and it's all new stuff. I've done a pumpkin spice ramen. I've done pumpkin spice. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you real quick. Pumpkin spice ramen. I, I, I saw the video, but good or terrible? The noodles come out pretty decent. I kind of like the cinnamon. The broth, it, it just it, it looks like mud water. And oh, like, but um, and then I saw the uh, cotton candy tonight. So when this episode comes out, or yep, you'll be a couple behind, but you can go check it out. That yeah, looked so, terrible. That looked like a uh, flashlight. The container it came into. <laughs> uh, what I'll basically say is it came out like cotton candy. As much as they say it's pumpkin pie, cotton candy, it's cotton candy. And I'm not a huge cotton candy guy, so that's how I rate it right there. So you can go on my page. You can go on on my my other Facebook. Whoa, page, like whoa! Of random stuff. You can go on my Instagram. Um, uh, look up Michael Burlew. I also, even though I'm not promoting it, I do have pumpkin spice whatever underscore show the Instagram page, which I hope to get building off of this right here. But any one of them, you can look at all my pumpkin spice reviews for this October. Yeah, Mike does a good job with that. He's been doing it for seven, seven years, years, right? Yeah, he's been doing that for for years. We always promote it here. Um, go check him out. Uh, he just keeps finding pumpkin stuff. Mike, in the in, what what about with Dahmer? Would you do human spice, whatever? 
pumpkin spice on a human? I mean, I guess if he brought me a sandwich like he did his neighbor in the one episode, yeah, be like, you'd be like, yeah, I well, mean, he's already dead, you know? Yeah, I mean, my neighbors already gave me pumpkin, her homemade pumpkin pie and pumpkin rolls, so it would be the neighborly thing to do. What about like 30 days of human, human treats? <laughs> yeah, but how many, I mean, I'm gonna have to talk about. It. I mean, like day like twenty would be like a human milkshake, and I'd be like, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" <laughs> um, I got so much stuff to promote. Um, I wanna I wanna promote a couple things here. Um, our friends Thumpasaurus. We interviewed them. How how long ago was that? Four or five years? Four years ago? Five or something years, like that. I think. Those guys are blowing up. They've been. Um, They've been in phone commercials. They, they their song. I've seen a friend of mine put a put a song up with them doing a little interview. Uh, I mean, doing a little like Instagram video with him bopping around to their song. So, th- thank you, Thumpasaurus. Like those guys are blowing up. They're really fun. They're really cool. Um, the other thing I want to promote is there's a whole bunch of really cool verbal shenanigans shows. Um, Rich Boss. Ooh, I just burped. Rich Voss um, at Tap House, 11-9, November 9th. Um, there are approximately 10 tickets left, and we haven't even promoted it yet. Wow. So the one and only. And then December, Jim Florentine. Jim Florentine from Crank Yankers. Jim Florentine from Opie and Anthony. Jim Florentine, big-time name, uh, is coming up next. So please go get tickets for that. And then support us and, and get us up in the numbers. Um, there's a company called Crowd Ultra, which is all about podcasting and all about um, exposing podcasts and whatnot. Um, they're doing the 50 uh, Crowd Ultra podcast. Thank you, Shay. Uh, Ultra categories. So there's awards going out to different podcasts. Oh my god, I can't even see my keys. He's deleting my screen. Um, I think Mike's there. I don't even know if Mike's there. There he is. Um, here. Yeah, so you you can vote for best podcast of the year. Listen, we're, we might not be the best podcast, but what? there's a lot of categories we fit into. Best true crime podcast? No. Best comedy podcast of the year? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, most interesting podcast of the year? Best mm-hmm. podcast guest of the year? Damn, yeah. Um, Best art podcast of the year, best kids, family podcast, whatever you think. There's a lot of really cool categories, and we would appreciate your support. Um, I'll post this link on our socials. Please help us out. I mean, it'll it'll just be like a little, uh, you know, a little feather in our cap. But yeah, uh, a little love letter to us, telling us how much you adore us. Yeah. But we have a lot of fun guests coming up. We have so much stuff coming up. I, I apologize for the schedule. You know, life goes on. Um, Mike got AIDS. We have things going on. We moved into different houses and all sorts of stuff. But uh, life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. Netflix Burlu coming in a couple years once I get my toes up. (laughs) Thank you, Shay. Good night.